Welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Leaps and Bounds. I'm your host, Tom Bash, and I'm thrilled to be bringing you conversations with some of the most successful CEOs, sales leaders, and home improvement professionals. When I started in this industry 20 years ago, tearing off roofs, I had no idea about what went into making a home improvement business successful. Now, having met with thousands of contractors, helping them adopt technology, and watching them grow, I'm excited to invite them on to share what's made them successful, what they're doing today to stay ahead of their competition, and the advice they have for others. Starting a business is hard, and starting it just short of a pandemic is even harder. On this episode, I'm joined by Louis Legier, owner of Home Improvement Pros and Legier Investments. With over a decade of home improvement experience, Louis set out to put his network and knowledge to work. We'll discuss how to get started, what challenges he faced, the role of social media, and his advice for others. Let's get the show started. Hey, Louie, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, you and I met uh, several years ago uh, when you were actually a general manager at Bone Dry in Louisville. Um, so I wanted to, you know, before we kind of dive into everything here, wanted to have you, you know, tell our listeners, tell me, you know, how did you get started in, in this industry and what, what brought you to, uh, you know, where you're at today as owner of, you know, Home Improvement Pros and, and, your investments. I was like anything else. Some, sometimes things happen by accident. So uh, way back when, 15, 16 years ago, I had a friend of mine that was working there um, that said that help as far as with some marketing. I did that part-time. And then uh, after I graduated school, I did a sales position there and just kind of worked my way up from there. So I was there 15 years or so. And then I uh, made the transition a little while back to you know, Home Improvement Pros, which is a remodeling company that also I also own Leisure Investments, which is a real estate investment company. That's awesome. I know a lot of people get into this industry either by, um, you know, they, they actually do the installation or they have the sales background. Did you have any experience um, on the install side at all with the production side? I did not. You know, it's, uh, if you ask me why I while I was in school, if I'd be working for, you know, a home improvement company, I, I would have never guessed it, right? But the beauty I've learned about this business uh, over time is exactly that. It's a business, right? I mean, when you hear roofing or home improvement, or home remodeling, you just imagine loading shingles and that, that, that's it, right? Right. My years in this field has taught me that there's a heck of a lot more to this than just loading shingles. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... No, you make a good point. I think, you know, a, a lot of people also, uh, you know, maybe a similar start, start like I did, you know, it started as a, as a summer job tearing off roofs and thinking, oh, you know, I, I think I can do this. And then you start, you know, get a crew together and you start subbing out and then, then you start selling. And, and before you know it, you know, you've got a DBA or something and you're, you know, you're at it. Um, now, you know, with home improvement pros, is it still, are you still more on the, I'll call it like the operations side? Oh, you know, when you, when you start your company, it's all hands on deck. So it depends right. on what day. So it's uh, some days I'm selling, some days I'm doing picking up trash, and some days I'm you know helping install. It's uh, we kind of just operate as a team to get customers taken care of. So. Yeah, and tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, what 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 is uh what does a day to day look like for you? What what are you doing at Home Improvement Pros? And then uh, maybe if you want to get into the uh, you know Legier Investment side too, I know you do a lot with. Uh, rentals, and I think you're in the Airbnb market now as well. So maybe you'll give us a little more insight into you know what exactly that kind of day to day looks like. 
Yeah, so from from the home improvement pros perspective, you know, it, it's one of those things where I do a lot of job site inspections to make sure that you know customers are taken care of to make sure we're staying on track. And then sometimes too, if we get backed up on sales appointments, I run sales appointments just to uh, make sure that we're getting to as many people as possible. So, um, you know, me, I, I love a challenge. So I decided to start two different companies right at the same time. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, right? <laughs> Does Home Improvement yeah. Pros, is that is that just exterior? Are you doing interior as well? or? It's interior, home remodeling mostly. Okay. Um, when everything in the inside, the bathrooms, kitchens, et cetera. So. Okay. Hanging drywall and all that? Correct. So drywall, paint, um, you know, anything, anything on the home. Realistically, we can we can help take care of. And then, and then, what's it? Maybe tell me a little more about uh, you know from a, a sales and marketing side. You know, do you? I think you mentioned you have some other folks selling as well with you. Yeah, I mean, but from the from the sales and marketing side, it's, it's realistically, you know, I've been able to build up a good referral base over the years. Right. Know, so that's helped drastically. I mean. We're fortunate that, you know, people have reached out to us for appointments, et cetera. We haven't had to, you know, knock on doors or anything like that. So it's just that philosophy of taking care of people and then, uh, you know, creating that relationship. And if they have, if they're in need of something, they're more likely to call you to at least take a look at it. I mean, nothing's guaranteed, but we've been fortunate in that manner. Now, Louie, I think, you know, I'd be remiss if I, if I did this podcast with you and I didn't ask you about social media. You, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think I, I think for a while there, I woke up every morning and I, I'd see a nice post from, from you that said good morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What's the, what was, the, or, or what is kind of, you know, your strategy behind social media? Is it, is it raising awareness or, or kind of what's your, what's your mission with that? Well, I mean, it's the whole nine yards, right? So, like, we've been very, very um, fortunate throughout the years to, to use the beauty of social media is it, it's, it's cheap, right? I mean, you you can connect yeah. to large people, and you don't have to increase your expenses. So typically, and I still do it to this day. It's more to talk about, you know, the industry, to talk about real estate, to talk about home remodeling, to talk about being an entrepreneur. So I'm big on on trying to get as much information out as possible. So that's really my goal is to stay as connected to to the right um, the right people to help motivate them to to get the information and see what they like and see what they want to explore. Yeah. And, and, you know, there, there's probably a lot of people that are listening to this that um, maybe in similar shoes where they're, they've worked for a company for a while. Um, they've built up some good relationships and maybe they're looking to, uh, you know, venture out on their own. What, what was that journey like for you as you, as you made that transition? Yeah. I mean, the, the transition is quote unquote scary, right? But it's like anything else at, at some point, um, you're just going to have to take a chance on yourself. And, you know, to be honest with you, when I, I got deeply, deeply into this in 2020, that's when I started both my companies uh, and then the virus happened, right? So yeah. the stuff that I learned the last four to five months on just pure survival and how to keep pushing through and working hard, you know, I've had enough lessons in the last four to five months, the last, you know, 10 plus years. So I'm, <laughs> I'm over the lessons. At point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a, you know, they say some good companies start during, uh, you know, these, these kind of economic downturns, if you will. Correct. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that, man. It, it just, you know, it keeps you thinking, it keeps you working, it keeps you thinking outside of the box, most importantly. I mean, but to answer your question, the number one thing in anything is just get started, right? There's only so much reading you can do, so much videos you can watch, 
so many people you can talk to. I mean, the best experience is always going to be action. What would be that, you know, if you had to, if you, let's say you had to drill down to one or two things, what would be that, you know, first couple things that you need to do to actually get started? I mean, I believe doing things the right way, right? So make sure your business is right, whether it's an LLC, et cetera, just make sure, you know, your licensed business to be able to operate the particular city that you're in. And uh, the other thing, the, the question I get to this day is people always ask me, you know, I have a lot of companies that reach out to me through my social media. The next big question is leads, right? How do you get leads? And, you know, the simplest answer is to start with your friends and family, see if they are in need of anything that you can help them with. Um, but get, getting started is just making sure you're a proper business. Um, you know, there's nothing like spending a bunch of time on things and then find out you're not a, a regulated business in your city. So. Right. And Louis, you're in, you're in uh, Louisville, right? I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And I know, you know, a lot of different cities have, you know, some cities, some states, I should say, have, you know, contractor license requirements. Some have um, you know, different insurance requirements. Uh, you know, how, did you know what requirements were needed just from your time of being there? Or, or did you have to seek out those type of uh, resources and, and information to find out, you know, what exactly you needed uh, in your area to get started? I mean, I pretty much knew because I've been here for a while. But I mean, the beauty of starting a business during these times is there's not there's not much information that you can't get very quickly with a simple Google search. So information is at our fingertips. I mean, as far as needing to know what you need to do. Um, you know, I'd recommend obviously everybody because it, like you said, it changes from city to city. So I'd recommend everybody just kind of research their own particular city. But I knew, and it's not that difficult, right? I mean, you know, the way that we, it's very, I don't want to say easy to start a business, but from the paperwork standpoint, it's nothing that, that that's stressful or frustrating to actually start it and make sure, you know, it's a legal entity. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and so, you know, when you get started, I, I imagine you're wearing multiple hats, right? Uh, you know, yeah. you're the CEO, you're the sales rep, you're, you know, maybe a project manager, uh, you're all over right. the place. When you look to, you know, hire that first employee or that second employee, that fifth employee, you know, what are some of the areas that... Um, that you found that you needed, you know, help in? Was it, was it on the sales side, the production side? I mean, to be honest with you, at least from my perspective, I mean, when, I, when I'm looking at team members, the first thing I'm looking at is the actual character of the person. I mean, it's the simple things, right? It's do they show up on time, you know, are they a good representative of your business? Because you, you can teach, you can teach what we do, right? And most things can be taught. So I'm more on character, but you know, as far as planning for the business specifically, um, my biggest background is from sales, right? So I, I know the sales, but I also know the productions. But I like to hire uh, different than me. So my skill, my skill set is, is to sell the product, talk about the product. But I typically look for production as far as the first hire to be able to supervise the uh, crews, et cetera. Now, if you come from a production background and that's your strong suit, you could take it apart, put it back together. You know, maybe sales is not your strong suit. So I would, I would suggest looking for somebody a little bit different than you, so you can meet together and be a good team. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. Um, that's great. So, what are you know now that now that you've, uh, I'd say your experience is a little unique, having been you know going through the pandemic uh, with this 
this business, but you know, what's it been like the last five, six months um, and, and versus expectations? Yeah, I mean, the last five, six months, it's, you know, again, I, I've, I've fallen in love with entrepreneurship. So the last five, six months has been very rewarding. I mean, yes, it's been very, very difficult, especially the first couple months of the situation because nobody really knew, you know, what was going to happen and, and how, right? So, but I, I'm a big factor on, I strongly believe in trying to learn from every situation. And I just can't, I wish it didn't happen, but I'm also glad for the education that I've gotten doing this. So as you mentioned earlier, a lot of businesses start doing hardship because it just teaches you to be, to be strong and fight back. What are some of those things that, that, that you've learned? I mean, first thing is, you know, don't give up, right? I mean, you got to keep pushing until the end. I mean, even when it gets, even when it gets hard, keep trying. Uh, that's the number one thing. It's, you know, entrepreneurship or home improvement or real estate. Sometimes they'll kick you in the face. You know, you could either <laughs> stop the business at that point and say, I can't do it, or you can keep pushing through. Um, I'm one of those believers that says that, you know, it's not failure if you're learning from it. Uh, that's just one of my big philosophies. But it's, it's to keep trying, keep knocking, and keep doing the things and stay the course and, and keep learning, right? I mean, don't be afraid to get mentors um, and other people that you can talk to to run things by them and see see what they what's worked for them in the past yeah that's a really good advice do you there there's a lot of education out there and, and uh, a lot of it can come from you know industry experts um i think manufacturers of, of materials are you know put out a lot of good uh information uh you know where do you seek out you know information when you're trying to um you know grow the business uh, like you said, manufacturers, suppliers, I mean, those are all great resources. And, you know, you'd be surprised uh, how many other company owners will respond back to an email or a LinkedIn message or a Facebook message. I mean, I think a lot of people in our in- industry, especially those that have been successful, are always looking to help people. I mean, so I would say that too. Don't assume that someone's not going to help you because they're in the same business as you're in. So I would say reach out to some other people in the business. Yeah, it's it's a good point. I remember when I was selling roofing, I'd reach out to realtors. You know, they were uh, sort of an untapped resource for me, and they'd they'd have referrals, they'd have homes they're selling that they needed to you know fit, have something fixed on, and so they were a good source of of business or leads for me. Um, when you when you uh, I, I kind of want to go back to the marketing piece of this and the social media, you know, as a yeah. new, as a new business, I think you mentioned this, you know, that it, it's basically free, right. To get the, the content out there, but how do you provide the right content? You know, I think there's, uh, you know, th- there's a line there, but you know, that you can draw between uh, just putting out a message, but, and then putting out, you know, meaningful content that is going to um, increase engagement and, and brand awareness and those type of things. So, you know, what, what type of content should you be posting and, and where? So I'm kind of in the middle of those two spectrums that you're talking about. So I think the what scares people away from social is sometimes people can overthink the content. I mean, because they want it to be so perfect that, you know, they end up not posting anything at all. Yes. Social media is more of a consistency, right? It's, as long as you're consistent, it's just as fast as it can help your business. It's a world that forgets about you very quickly, right? So it's one of those things where... 
if you're consistent with the message as far as, and also to put stuff out there that's helpful to people. So we're talking about home improvement, you know, from time to time, whether it's before and after pictures or some information on, you know, the top five things that to look for when buying a house or selling a house and something that helps the overall group. I think, uh, in my opinion, also too, I think another factor is people use social just to put just their pictures out there and that's all. Right. But it's really film. It's not so much for the, for the consumer, right? I mean, there's a middle line between that. But again, I think the biggest thing is just to stay consistent. I mean, it really doesn't take that much time, right? I mean, it's, it's all about getting it out there and getting that information. And that's the other thing, too, that people will bring up. Oh, oh it takes too much time. I assure you it doesn't. Um, just just try it and uh, stay with it and then uh, don't overthink content. Yeah, I think it goes back to your to your earlier point about just get getting started, right? Just get started doing right. it. Start posting and uh, it, it'll become, you know, consistent uh so long as you you know get started and, and start putting that message out there how do you do you differentiate a message between um say linkedin and facebook i mean do you do you, there are different audiences there so do you do you tailor your message differently based on you know the platform that you're that you're speaking to i do slightly that there are some that do it more than me as far as you know they don't do the same posts on each platform i mean uh, I, I'll change up maybe some of the language and let's say like a LinkedIn, right? Because that's more of a a professional site and that type thing. But you know, I still I still post some of the same thing on Facebook. It's it just it's just one of those things where you're gearing toward different audiences. Um, so I I recommend there's a bunch of them out there these days, right? But I, I typically stick to the uh, the Facebook, the LinkedIn and those types of groups to get information out. Um, I don't spend that much time on trying to come up with the best message for each platform. I, I'm i a numbers person, so I play the game as far as, you know, Facebook has, what, a billion people on it. Uh, I think they said LinkedIn is now at, at half a million, and it's got millions and millions of active users per day. I mean, you only got to get a small percentage of that to, to notice your business in order to start generating leads. Uh, what you want people to do is, is think of your company when they need something, right? I mean, it's not a right. immediate thing, but if you're consistent with the message, whether they, it's going to come to their brain. Oh, hey, I saw that home improvement pros company. Let me try and reach out to them, see if they have availability. Yeah, that's a good point. I think people often want to post things that, you know, hey, call us today for a free estimate. Um, but if you're right. more, if you're more consistent in showing your work and showcasing, you know, what you're doing and, and and even how you're doing it and, and being kind of that educational resource, uh, it's, you'll you'll get that kind of um, uh, you'll get those folks that that aren't interested today or don't need your services today, but they've seen your consistent message over time that when they do need your service, they're going to remember you and reach out to you. Correct. And, and then the other thing, our industry, you know, those that get it, get it right. I mean, but we also need to put a lot more focus. Some companies need to put a lot more focus on reviews, right? I mean, reviews is just the yeah. way of the world. It's just one of those things that people just look at, right? I mean, nobody wants to be first. Uh, you know, they want to see that other people have used you or are happy with you. That's the quickest way to get a phone call or a message on social as far as them reaching out to you. If they see happy customers, uh, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna take a chance. 
uh, as far as al- at least allowing you to give an estimate. Yeah. Now, are you interested in, in more of the the quantity of reviews, or are you are you directing folks to you know one platform over the other to leave those reviews? Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's quantity and quality, right? But also honesty, right? I mean, it's one of those things where the, the biggest platforms is obviously the internet, um, as far as Google, Facebook. LinkedIn and, and you know it's not just to be honest with you just great reviews all the time doesn't really help you I mean it, it's good to, to to find some things that you can work on even if it's a positive message you want to continue just growing your company right and growing yourself so I think that you know obviously we all aspire for positive reviews and but I'd say those platforms are the biggest impact I mean you know, the, the Google is the power that be, right? So most people, when they're looking for a company, they, they Google it. That's just is what it is. And and Facebook's also strong in the searches too. Uh, right. They use kind of kind of style as Google. So I would say it's whatever you're, you're you got to start somewhere. I mean, I think what people go wrong is they try and do all of these, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Google. They try to do it all at once and then they get overwhelmed and they should stop doing all of them. Yeah. Yeah, because it can get a little, it can be, it, it can definitely be overwhelming. You know, when I, now I do it consistently without even thinking about it. But when I first started it, you know, I would just put a little time on my phone, right? I mean, it's just a post, right? And Facebook, the best time to hit people on Facebook is about 7, 7.30, right? I mean, whether it's healthy or not, first thing people do, or <laughs> most people first pick yeah. up their Guilty. phone. Guilty, yeah. Yeah, and they see your message right away, right? So that's, that would be the time to really kind of get that message out. And, you know, you're talking twice a day. If you just want to start me, maybe do a little bit more, but let's just say you did it the morning and then midday, you know, that really doesn't take time because you never know who who's looking right. Lunch is also a big time for social media yeah. and why people are eating lunch, they're searching. So you just hit those time zones consistently. Uh, if you hit those two things, you will accidentally get busy. Right, right. That's good advice. I want to I want to talk a little bit about the production side of things and you know I've talked to several contractors and you know one of them told me their their hardest thing right now is hiring um employees and and that's both on the on the production side but also on the sales side. Um and then also, you know, I recently heard that uh there is uh soon to be a shortage of like ice and water shield and so uh, love to get your take and kind of hear what you're hearing out there relative to to the kind of the production concerns. Yeah, I mean, again, I would say the biggest thing is, is distribution. So there's there's a shortage on nails, ice and water. There's been a shortage on on wood. Uh, there's a lot of things that we we used to we got spoiled over the previous years, right? If we wanted something, we'd go to Home Depot, Lowe's, or wherever and just picked it up, right? And then now it's takes a little bit more planning these days to really do that. Um, as far as as far as hiring good team members, uh, unfortunately, that's that's a that's not just our industry, right? That's just the world that we're at right now. I think us as contractors, the number one thing that we can't be afraid of is teaching. You know, don't be afraid to find somebody that that doesn't come from the industry or is not all. We all would love that team member that's already trained, good to go from day one. You know, but for the most part, that really doesn't exist, right? I mean, when I started in the business, I didn't know anything there was about home improvement, and I, and I certainly have never been on a roof before starting in the business. So 
look for somebody that's got qualities that you like and believe that could be good for your business and take the time to train them. I mean, just have them be with you for a few weeks and, and, you know, taking that time that might seem like it's slowing you down can get you a good team member for years. Louis, for you, what does that training look like? What does that entail? I mean, I, I believe strongly that the best training is out in the field, right? I mean, I just don't think there's nothing wrong with classroom time because you got to do that too. But I think it's really just, just observation, uh, you know, coaching the person and then mirroring what you're doing. They're absorbing it just being around you, right? I mean, I would say the first couple, the first couple days or, or, or week or so, is really the what I call about your company. You know, what's your philosophy? What you stand for? You know, how do you want to treat customers? And, and just really allowing that team member or potential team member to really see what you're all about. And then you know, it's, it's a meet and greet, right? I mean, introduce them to the crews. To if you have office staff, to the office staff. I mean, just just kind of incorporating them into the team properly and then also too is it's if there are sales you know go with them right along to see you know this is how we should run appointments if they're production just this is the processes and procedures i mean so different aspects but i, I do think the field training is the best training in my opinion yeah it, it, how do you how, and how do you retain that top talent too how, how do you keep them there with you the competitive world, right? I mean, it's one of those things that, like, look, I mean, at the end of the day, if somebody wants to leave, they're going to leave, right? I think the biggest thing is there's a lot of people out there that are not just focused on money, right? If, if they generally like your company, uh, hopefully love your company, like what you stand for, and they feel good about what they're doing, I mean, it's that's why, that's how, in my opinion, people stay at companies because they, they want to help that that company, they want to help that individual. And, uh, you know, also too, I, I think it's good to get to know, I get it. A lot of, a lot of companies will preach, don't cross the line from personal and work. Right. But I do think if you get to know somebody personally, you know, as a friend level, there's a time to be friends, but there's a time to work. It's a thin line. I get that. But if you grab somebody's heart to where they, they want to help you, I think you're more likely to keep that team member. Yeah, it's good advice. I think uh, there, especially in this industry, there can tend to be a, a, a high churn um, on employees. So I think if you uh, take the time to really, you know, find out what your employees value and, and treat them right, that, uh, you know, that investment you make into them will, will pay dividends. Um, I wanted to know, you know, how, Having you know started your own business out, how do you go about choosing who to partner with? Whether it be uh, material uh, manufacturers, distribution technology, whatever it may be, how do you go about choosing who who's going to be that partner with you uh, in your business? I mean, obviously, it's one of those things where where past experience helps, past relationships helps. But let's just say you're your brand new tour is just starting out. I mean, I would. You know, I would I would say take the time to meet people, right? The only way to see if you have interest is to to see, to meet with that person and talk to them. I mean, and I'm one of those believers too that I like to do business with people I like. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing worse than than having to meet with somebody and you're dreading it, right? So you know, if your personalities match up, if the product is good, I think that's at least the first way to to gain interest in it. And then it's got to accomplish the goal that you're wanting to accomplish. 
yeah yeah help help solve a a problem um i know we we talked a lot about uh you know the the home improvement side i wanted to just for a few minutes here uh talk about the the investment side and how did you get into that space and you know i think the airbnb market's really interesting uh kind of short-term rental i guess uh you know how'd you get into that to that market and, and why yeah, so I've, I've always had a passion for real estate. I mean, uh, I've had I got some long-term rental properties uh, under my ledger investments umbrella, and then, you know, recently about a year ago, I after researching and just digging into it, you know, I really dove into the short-term stay uh, rental space. Right? I mean, uh, currently right now we're I think I'm up to about 52 units. Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, you you get to provide a a great um, experience for people and they get more typically you get more bang for your buck in the short term stay right it's uh yeah. one of those, uh, it's, and again I, I gotta use the word typically it's a bigger space uh, a lot of times you you know you got a kitchen uh, if you want to cook you got a refrigerator and the biggest thing is the whole family can stay in one unit depending on size instead of getting multiple hotel rooms you got to go from room to room and and all of that typically costs more. So it's, there's a drastic need for it. And, you know, the, it's what's called the sharing industry. I mean, the sharing industry is a multi-billion dollar industry, right? I mean, from sharing vehicles, from sharing lodging, from, you know, it's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, we just live in a world where people don't have to own everything, right? They, they don't mind staying somewhere where it's a night or two and then going elsewhere, that type thing. Yeah, I think it's interesting, and I, I find it even more interesting. You know, you you started this, and then you know, a, a couple months in, or or however long it was in, the pandemic hit, and travel kind of, you know, uh, ceased. And uh, you know, what are some of the impacts you're seeing on that? Are you are you still seeing people that uh, you know want to go to to uh, one of your properties? I I imagine you know, for myself, if I'm looking for somewhere to stay, I I'd find that as a much more uh, attractive option versus going to a hotel where there's a lot of different people. Uh, but curious to hear, you know, what your experience has been like so far. I mean, obviously the, the pandemic had an effect on everybody, right? I don't think any company can really deny that unless you're the Amazon of the world. Right. But the, the, the great, the great thing about the space, right. It's not just from a, just a travel for fun type thing. Right. I mean, we, we we made partnerships with some, some corporate sponsors, and uh, we've also made great partnerships with some realtors. I mean, the market's real hot right now. People are putting their, their houses on the market, it's flying off, and then they're homeless, right? So, <laughs> you know, you that's when it's great to, to have a short-term stay for a couple months. You've made a tremendous amount of money because the, the average, I think, at least in our city, is 15 to 30% above asking. Wow. And you don't you don't have to sleep out on the street and you were able to capitalize right away on, on that offer typically is multiple offers that's coming right so you know that's been big for us too so we we've thought outside of the box on how to provide it's really solving a problem that's what we focus on and, and i've been fortunate enough to have you know several investors from from around to, to really want to continue scaling this so our our goal is to is, is to do this in multiple cities uh, not just Louisville. That's really interesting, and uh, you know, I, I knew of some people that you know every year they they they'd buy a house as a as a rental property income. Is this something that you started uh, a while back, where you where you got interested in kind of the investment space, or was this or was this something new for you? 
I mean, about five, six years ago, I started with my first rental, right? But I've, I, again, like I said, I've, I've always been interested in real estate. I was reading all the books, like we talked about earlier, doing all the Google searches, doing all the YouTube stuff, yep. but going to investment seminars. And it was consistent message that everybody kept saying, get started, get started. So I bought my first long-term uh, rental property. I mean, it was one of the scariest things ever, right? I mean, I, but I still own that house to this day. I mean, <laughs> I now five years tenants in it. And the education I got from buying that house has really gotten me to where I am right now, to where drastically scaling the business. Um, you know, Legere Investments, we, we, we flip properties, we do long-term rentals, we do the short-term rentals. So we're, we're pretty well diversified. Um, but I got a lot of sentimental value to, towards that house. And, uh, <laughs> what, what, made, what made it scary? I gotta, there's got to be a story behind it. I mean, the scary thing is you're now buying a rental property that you've not bought before, right? I mean, then you worry about, am I going to get a tenant? You know, are they going to destroy the place? And am I going to be able to pay for that? I mean, that little house there was when I first put it on the market, I got a three-year tenant. Uh, they, they lived there three years. I now have a five-year tenant uh, because the, the other tenants had to move back to their city because uh, their work transferred them. Now I have a five-year tenant, right? I mean, and the other thing, too, uh, if people are interested in this real estate space, I do believe that there's a big difference between a landlord and a slumlord. So I, I really take care of my people. So, you know, the properties that we have for long term, uh, people don't typically move out. And the other thing that I also recommend to people, because sometimes it's let's get somebody in there as quick as possible. Right. Well. I'll let one of my houses sit empty 30 days, 60 days, 90 days until I find that right tenant. It's not that I want to waste money, but I know it's hard to get somebody out of the property. And it's also hard fixing things that somebody has damaged, right? So knock on wood, the last five, six years, all the long-term properties I have, I have great tenants and some of them have became friends and, you know, uh, one of my tenants actually works for me. So we it's been, it's been great in that aspect to where I, it's not somebody I knew from the past either. They, they rented my one of the houses for me, uh, wanted to have a career change, asked about, you know, home improvement and how to get involved. And, and he's been great. Yeah, that, that's a good, good story and also really good advice, I think, for those that are, are, are kind of in this space or looking to get into it. Um, I think, you know, learning through, through your experience there is, is super helpful. Uh, as, as we, uh, as we wrap this up here, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, we talked about a lot of, of different things and, you know, one of them being get started, but what, what advice would you give to, um, to new contractors, uh, you know, they've started a new business, but are looking to grow, you know, so they, they've got, they, they got started, uh, you know, they, they're, they've got their feet wet, they're starting to do some things. What advice do you have for them as, as they're looking to, you know, take that next step and, and grow the business? I mean, the, be the best advice that I would say is, I mean, growth is great at a proper time, right? I mean, properly evaluate, you know, do you have the systems in place to be able to take the additional business as it comes, right? There's nothing worse than, you know, as they say, be careful what you wish for, right? Let's say you were hoping for more leads and then all of a sudden all the leads start coming, but you don't have a sales team to get there in a timely manner. So you have to 
have to protect your name, protect your brand. I mean, it, it, it's great to want to scale and scale rapidly. Uh, just make sure you do it at the proper time. I mean, and then the other best advice I've gotten throughout the years is, you know, I think it's more of an overall advice is don't expect other people to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. I mean, you're the first person that, that has to believe that, you know, you can do the business and you can scale it. And then others were, over time, others will follow suit. But it's not that hard to expose when somebody doesn't believe in what they're doing. And I, I happen to love my two businesses, right? I mean, I'm fortunate enough to, to wake up every morning and love what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, hopefully people in the contracting space or real estate space are enjoying it also. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. Yeah, you really do have to love it. And I think it shows. It definitely shows in the efforts um, that you that you put out. Well, awesome, Louis. This has been really good. It's always great to talk and to catch up and to hear, you know, what you're doing today and, and uh, you know, the challenges you're facing and, and uh, how you're persevering. And uh, so really appreciate the time. I'd encourage everybody to go follow Louis, uh, certainly on LinkedIn, um, but across any of the social channels would be great. Louis, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you guys. And, uh, you know, everyone out there, just keep pushing. It's been hard for everybody. And uh, together we can we can laugh. So let's, let's do what we can. Absolutely. Thanks. Well, that'll do it for today's show. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode of Leaps and Bounds. If you did, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast. We look forward to bringing you more exclusive conversations with some of the most successful home improvement leaders. If you're interested in learning more about Leap, be sure to check us out at leaptodigital.com or follow one of our social channels. Until next time, see you.